This is how I know when I'm not doing a good enough job. I figure if I share with you the things that help me gain awareness when I'm not doing a good enough job, maybe they can help you figure out when you're not doing a good enough job and start to make some improvements. In order for me to explain to you how I know these things, I have to go back in time a little bit because I have to be able to describe to you what I was doing when I was growing the fastest. You see, I, I believe that it's a really useful experiment for all of us to do to think back to the time in our lives when we were experiencing the most rapid growth. And I'm not talking about physical. I'm talking about mental, intellectual, emotional, all of that. And ask ourselves, what were we doing then that we're not doing anymore? Because it's natural to think I've aged past that. I've grown beyond that. I no longer need to do those things because I've earned the right to no longer do those things. I've, I've achieved something that allows me to no longer need to do that. And that's often a mistake, but we're going to talk a little bit about um, why. So first and foremost, when I was experiencing the most rapid growth in my life and my career, they were happening at the same time. I had hired a mentor who told me if I wanted to be more successful in business, I needed to become a better person. And I didn't really understand what that meant at first, but we worked through it. And effectively what he taught me was that I need to stop treating people the way I want to be treated. And I need to start treating them the way that they want to be treated. So I took that to the absolute maximum degree that that could be taken. And I started taking care of my clients who I was working with in my clinic and in my gym uh, I started taking care of them in unreasonable ways. So, for example, I would jump on a plane and go see a client of mine who I was working with remotely. I would invite clients to fly into town and I would dedicate three days and have them stay at my house. I was doing absurd things that just don't make any sense for a business model. And those are the things that led to the most growth. I was working with Olympic medalists who don't even speak English, which meant I had to communicate without a translator, by the way, because if their coach knew they were working with somebody outside of their Olympic team's organization, they would have had hell to pay. So I was communicating with an Olympic medalist through hand gestures and body movements. I kid you not. Uh, and the guy went out and won the bronze that year. Then I had professional baseball players flying out to my clinic to see me because their team doctor and the physical therapist who they had gone to see didn't have answers for them. And either their career was going to be cut short, they weren't going to make it to the bigs, or um, they were playing through pain for years and they wanted to be able to stop. They were getting sent to me by strength and conditioning coaches, by other doctors, by their friends, and by fellow players. I also had CrossFit Games athletes and CrossFit Games champions flying out. At the CrossFit Games in 2017, the Airbnb I was staying at was effectively a walk-in clinic. I had over 40 athletes who... I was supporting 
at the games that year, including champions, including the first place team and the second place team, which was weird, by the way, in case you were curious. The answer to that is yes, it was weird. I was working with the most elite of elite when it comes to athletes in the world. And those people, because I was doing well by them, were talking about me. If you know anything about me, you know that I always forget to take the photo with the person I'm doing the podcast with. As I'm saying this, I'm remembering I forgot to do it today, and Sheila, who manages my schedule, is going to have my ass for it. It is what it is. So anyway, I was doing unreasonable stuff for these people, flying out to see them, talking to them about their marriages extensively, by the way. I've had people who flew out to my house who were clients of mine just to talk about their marriages because their marriage was the thing that was hindering their performance. It was the thing that was heavy that needed to be made light. It's a great question I like to ask people. What feels heavy that needs to be made light? And when it comes up that it's something like that, I'm not a marriage counselor, but I can be a great friend. And so these people were flying out to see me in just to hang. It wasn't good for business from a Wharton School of Business you know, position. There was no way to calculate the ROI on it. I wasn't charging them to come stay at my house and talk about their marriage. But it was happening over and over and over again. Marriages, relationships, all kinds of shit. And what I realized is that stuff is the stuff that put me on the map. That's the stuff that made me the guy everybody wanted to come and see. And it wasn't that anybody even knew I was doing that. It was that everybody knew that all of these elite athletes were talking about the same guy. They were all talking about me. Nobody asked them why. Everybody just saw all of these elite people are talking about Sean. Why are all of these elite people talking about Sean? His hair sucks. He has no camera presence. Like I had no idea what I was doing when it came to media and content and things like that. I just talked. And so I reflect back and I realize that the thing I'm not doing enough of right now that I was doing a lot while I was growing is being unreasonable with client care. I was leaving that to our team who do a really good job. This is not an indictment on our team. They do a really good job. It's a question of how do I do a better job of figuring out how to operate beyond the systems and what any system could possibly account for so that our team can do work that's completely undeniable, that leads to the most influential people in the world once again wanting to be our clients over and over and over again, and thereby influencing everybody else in the world to come and find us and do the same. I'm sharing this with you because, A, I think that a lot of you probably don't even know what my background is. You probably don't even know that I was working with the best of the best, that they were seeking me out, that I wasn't even going to them, that they were sending me emails hoping I would see it, hoping I would answer it, hoping I would work with them. These are the people who other brands were paying 
to say that they were feeling great as a result of what these brands were doing for them, but the reality is they were all broken. That's, that's just how this game works, by the way. I had athletes I was working with who were paying me, who were being paid by brands to say that they were feeling better as a result of what that brand was doing. But they were paying me. Now, I... And I know they weren't even using what that brand was doing. Now, hindsight, I probably just chose the wrong sport because I talked to um, Mike Dolce about this. And Mike Dolce, if you don't know who he is, was Ronda Rousey's nutrition coach. He was um, Shel Sonnen's nutrition coach. He was on the on the uh, the crest of the wave with the UFC as it was becoming more and more popular. And... He had similar situations, but the difference is those athletes were making money. And so when brands would come and approach them and ask them to pretend it was them who did the work and not Mike, they just told the brands to kick rocks. I didn't find myself in that same situation. I didn't have the maturity that Mike had. So, you know, that happened. But anyway, the exercise of going back to what was I doing more of when I was growing fastest that I'm stopped doing now has led me to realize that I've just become too reasonable. I, I've become too, um, too focused on the expected and too focused on systems and too focused on what's, what's repeatable. And I share that with you because I want you to know that there's going to be change coming down the pipe at Active Life. And whether that's relevant to you or not is, is neither here nor there. It's that I, I operate, I own and operate a company of more than 30 employees. I value each and every one of them. And sometimes it feels like it's difficult to move the ship left or right as fast as I would like to. It's, you know, when you, when you're by yourself, you're operating like you're on a jet ski. When you start adding people to the team, it's like you're on a speedboat. And eventually it starts to feel bigger and bigger and bigger and harder and harder to move because one small decision can affect six different people and then all of the clients who they serve. And I've allowed myself to get to a place where it feels more like a cruise liner when we're certainly not a cruise liner size company, not even close. You know, 30 to 30, I mean, like 35 people. That's not um, a cruise liner. That's, that's barely a family fishing boat. You should be able to turn quick. All that being said, it's, it's scary and it's difficult to do the things that I believe we need to do. And we're going to do them anyway, simply because I went through this exercise. What was I doing that I'm no longer doing when I was growing as fast as I was growing. What does that look like in the world I live in today? How do I start to be that way again? And so I thought you might find it valuable. You can take this little lesson, apply it to your life, and perhaps make some massive change off of a very small question. If you found this valuable, please do head to wherever you listen. Leave us that five-star rating. Write us a review. And turn pro.